Welcome to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogel. As you may have noticed, we've been off for a few weeks focusing on covering a number of other issues. And then, of course, there's the coronavirus. Our staff is very limited and we're all working from home, but we're trying to keep things going and, and trying to get things to you uh, in a timely fashion. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we're back with the Como Politicast, and I'm joined, uh, as almost always, by uh, <laughs> Como's Matt Markovich. And a lot to talk about, and mm-hmm. the big thing is uh, what's going on on Capitol Hill and the CHOP, the CHAZ, however they're, they're calling that uh, now, the city's response and all of that. But before we get to that, let's kind of reset things. How did we get here? How did we get to this point where, what is it, six blocks or so now mm-hmm. of Capitol Hill has been taken over. Well, we all go back to the original protest with all the looting, which on which was on May 30th. And that's what kind of kicked it off here in Seattle and the George Floyd uh, protests, which we, I won't go into. We know what, mm-hmm. that's the original origination of everything. But in terms of the circumstances of Capitol Hill... So you had progressive marches after May 30th. On Sunday, May 31st, there was a large march. They went to the third precinct, excuse me, the east precinct up on Capitol Hill. Uh, The police didn't let them get by there and everything. So on progressive nights and days, marchers were going up to that east precinct and becoming more emboldened. And the police uh, were not going to give up that line at uh, 11th and Pine, where they had put a barricade up, and we're not going to allow marchers to go past that in light of what happened in Minneapolis with the 3rd Precinct, which we've seen before going up in flames. Um, that weekend, Carmen Best had put out uh, an alert on the radio herself saying, protect headquarters downtown at all costs. So that mandate went out to all officers, we're going to stand our ground. And they did that around the the headquarters. They had just as many officers around headquarters downtown as they did at the East Precinct. But at the East Precinct, that was Capitol Hill. And we all know what Capitol Hill is like versus Mm -hmm. downtown. It's a very different vibe up in Capitol Hill. Very progressive. Very progressive. Very uh, socialist. Exactly. Well, yeah. and, and, And a lot of the line with a lot of what the city council thinks about and what the mayor has espoused on what she believes in terms of uh, freedom of speech and things like that. So it was in, call it friendly territory, uh, this confrontation was taking place. And then you had the exchange of bottles and fireworks being launched over this, this barricade to the police, police then responding with tear gas. Uh, concussion grenades, rubber bullets, and we've all heard about now all this stuff. You know, there was a ban on tear gas. But as it got to Capitol Hill, why Capitol Hill? That's why we're at Capitol Hill. And because those protests and because eventually the mayor uh, gave the order to let the barricade down after several nights of these confrontations, um, marchers went past the East Precinct. The police abandoned the precinct. So there's no officers there right now. And after nine days, we're nine days into it as of we're talking right now, uh, no officers there. And now we have the CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which is now the CHOP, the Capitol Hill Occupation Protest. And that's how we got to Capitol Hill. And, and going to that withdrawal, and, and if you ask any person at City Hall, whether it's the chief of police or the mayor, they will not call it a withdrawal from the East Precinct. They For all intents and purposes, it is. Well, it's an abandonment. Yeah, yeah they there's will no not, officers there. They say they won't. They won't say abandonment, but that's exactly what happened. I mean, I, you can be semantic about it. what word you use, but officers were there. Uh, 
We know right now that Chief Best did not give the order to abandon the precinct. She's made that loud and clear through a video to her her troops, as or I should say her staff and her officers, as well as it got leaked on public, and she said it openly in press conferences. But the mayor has never acknowledged that she gave the order to abandon the precinct. Well, and interestingly so. enough, in, in, in one of those press conferences that you and I were both at, the mayor was saying, that, or excuse me, the chief of police was saying that She's looking into how this happened. How did the East Precinct get abandoned? She's wanting to know where that order came from because it didn't come from her. At the very least, doesn't that show that she doesn't know what's going on within the department? Yeah, I I think you can say that as one way to take it. But I think the inference is she did know what was going on, didn't agree with it. And I've talked to... Uh, a former uh, s- sheriff about this, as well as a ranking SWAT officer within the department uh, about this, and both come to the conclusion the mayor gave that order. How could she not give that order? It's such a big order in this whole scheme of things. And, and she was asked directly. And, 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 and Chief Best did not want to fall on the sword for that or- giving that order. Yeah. And, and the mayor has been asked directly. Have you? Did you give that order? She wouldn't say yes or no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this shows. I mean, at the very least, from the layperson's perspective, confusion over the chain of command at City Hall, wouldn't you say? Well, I, th- I think I would say disagreement. You know, okay. internal disagreements, and that's what I'm hearing from my sources within the city. I'll call it, as well as outside the city, other police sources that are familiar with some situations that are still going on, that there's uh, disagreement in city, in the city. I won't say the mayor's office or city hall. I have to be careful on where mm-hmm. I'm saying this. Um, but there's definite disagreements between the chief and the mayor right now. They don't see eye to eye, and, and even though they show a public force that they do. And, and that was all about the order or not order or whatever happened to lead to the withdrawal of officers from the East Precinct. But the unintended consequence of that now is the CHOP, Mm -hmm. the Capitol Hill Organized Protest or Occupational Protest, however they want to describe it, previously known as the CHAZ, the Autonomous Zone. They have taken over, what is it, I think six city blocks now? It's really basically, we've been saying six, but it's five blocks uh, if you include Cap, if you include Cal Anderson Park, it's, which is a big block, so that's basically five blocks. And, yeah. and we've seen the chief of police go on the national morning shows, saying this is not an officer-free zone. This is not a police-free zone. You know, they they're still responding to calls in, in the area, responding to calls in the East Precinct. She said response times have gone up as a result. Um, but the one thing that kind of stuck to me in one of the interviews she gave was she said, if there's something going on inside this occupied area, occupied area they'll send officers out there to take a report. Well, what if it's an emergency? Are, are officers going in? I mean, what's happening? Well, well, she's told us publicly, and I've heard this from other sources that are familiar with officers, that you are not to go even to the edge of the chop zone. Officers are even taking another block back. And what they're asking people to do, the dispatchers who are dealing with 911 calls, who are, people who need help within that zone, are being asked, if they can, to march out to outside the zone and meet with an officer and meet with them there. Um, the only time that they will go in 
uh, in the officers will go into the zone is if there's a life-threatening emergency. Now, uh, uh, Fire Chief uh, Harold Scoggins has told me he won't. He's given the order. He won't send his crews into the zone unless he has a police escort. And now the police are saying, you know, we won't go in unless it's a life and death emergency. So it's the bar is really high. And the chief has said, talking about shootings, attempted rapes, you know, kind of a mass casualty event. And for the fire department is obviously building fires, um, you know, maybe another shooting, you know, to, to mm-hmm. deal with casualties and stuff like that. It's that going to be that kind of event where they will come in automatically without any hesitation. But right now, there is hesitation. And that brings me to sort of this, the next point, and that is there's sort of this tale of, of two occupied zones, depending on whom you talk to in, in the national media. You You have the conservative side saying it's chaos. There's all sorts of crime left and right going on and Whatnot, and then you have the, I guess, more liberal side or more mainstream media saying that it's really not that bad. I mean, yes, they've mm-hmm. occupied a territory of the city. Uh, yes, as you say, police and fire are not really going in, but it's not really anarchy, is it? It's not anarchy, and it's not the uh, juxtapose a guy with a gun in front of a fake picture that Fox News did, yes. which 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 they retracted. Yeah, I know, but just the fact that they did that. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, and the other one was the that they had a picture of what was it, the precinct in Minneapolis burning, and the headline was about Seattle. Yeah. So, so so you have that end of the media there who's preaching anarchy, and I happen to catch what Tucker Carlson was showing the other night, which was slow motion shots of with music uh, showing uh, people in distress, uh, fights. You know, it was very dramatized, and that was on. It wasn't. It wasn't straightforward. Uh, but then you said, like you said, on the left hand side, uh, you have it's like a party. It's a mm-hmm. it's a summer of love, as the mm-hmm. mayor had called it uh, to CNN. Um, You've been out there. What what is it? I I could tell you, it's more like a tale of two of tale of one area in two times of the day. During the day, you know, there's civil discourse, there's arguments, but you know, it's a lot of tourists, people taking graduation pictures. It's like a tourist uh, opportunity. At night, a different story. You do have a different crowd at night. More, it's kind of like what happened with the protests. Good protests during the day, right in front of the precinct for all those days. At night. A different crowd came in, and that's what you have in this situation. You have a more of a volatile crowd coming in at night, the so-called guns. Now, we have seen guns out there. It's okay to carry a gun in this state. It's an it's a open-carry state. Mm-hmm. So uh, is it smart? I'll leave that up to you to do. But, you know, so it's more like two same area Two different attitudes, depending on day or or night. But we haven't seen the violence, like the the mass shootings and and, and the killings and 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 the chaos that some in the media have said is going on. Or is that actually happening? well? No. Well, when we had uh, well, when you had the police, I personally myself have been gassed. I mean, mm-hmm. we we've experienced. What the protesters are claiming is excessive force. Now, but that it, was before this whole autonomous zone yes, thing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Once they went to, they dropped the barricades. No, we've had. There's been skirmishes that we've witnessed between people, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of self policing going on within that group. They, they, I, I've, I've seen that too. So they don't want bad apples in this group to despoil and 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 redirect the narrative away from what they're mm-hmm. there for. Uh, so. 
it, it's not anarchy for sure. It's not summer of love either. So uh, we're we're in the middle. And and let's talk about the demographics of it too, because I find this very interesting. All of this. Obviously, as we talked about at the beginning, stems from the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests we saw here. And this was sort of the the result of that. Those in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone are overwhelmingly white. Mm -hmm. And there is a concern, and and we'll get to this a little later on, that that is co-opting the message and distracting from the goals of trying to get police reform done. What do you say to that? I, I agree with the the demographics. At night, it does change again. It, it becomes a little more black at night, but predominantly, by far, in the evening and the daytime, it is predominantly white. And I think it's, again, it's people there for, hey, I'm going to be there. You know, I'm going to go buy a T-shirt, a Black mm-hmm. Lives T-shirt, which they're they're selling down there. Uh, it, 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 I've I've been yelled at being a white reporter with a camera by people wearing Black Lives Matter saying, how can you report this fairly? You're Mr. White Man, you know, and I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. So there is that attitude out there by some. Um, I When you talk about co-op, I think the person who's actually really trying to co-op this is Shama Sawant, who's using her trying to co-opt this into her tax Amazon that it's all because of the big bad corporations that all this is happening. So you have a lot of different co-opting, but at the same time you have, and it's legit, there are no distinctive leaders out there. I've got a phone list of people I've been dealing with who happens to be speaking the loudest voice on that day. And that's the leader of the day it appears. And there's this, they call it the people. There's no person speaking on behalf of the people, even Nikita Oliver, well-known, uh, mayoral candidate, well respected in Capitol Hill, a named figure up there, asked her directly, "Does she want to lead this movement and take advantage of this and be a, a spokesperson for this group, which has a lot of momentum?" And she said, "No, it's going to be up to the people. I'm not going to decide that. I'm not going to offer my services up for that." So, so uh, I mean, what do you make of that that disconnect? I mean, whether it's with the national media as to what's going on in Seattle or, or some people who feel that this is an occupied territory and, and, and the city should be done. Um, how do they balance that out with, with what we're seeing during the day where it's, it, it's as you say, a tourist stop? I, I think the disconnect is, well... I think social media plays a huge role in that. Uh, there are so many rumors that go on out there. Uh, Proud Boys coming in, guns, everything. I've got them all. I get them every day. Well, and it makes our job harder trying yeah. to filter all that yeah, out. Yeah, and it's a lot of filtering out. And so, uh, I, even on both sides, uh, what they're accusing the police, the police are back in the precinct. They're there, um, which is, you have to go verify it, and it's not true. Um, I got a tip today of... ARK AK fifty forty sevens with bags of uh, ammunition in them given to the police uh, have not been very hasn't been verified you know so there are a ton of rumors out there mm-hmm. and that just fueling this disconnect of what the purpose of what's going on out mm-hmm. there I do believe and and I I. I I respectfully say this because I am a white reporter that my perception is the Black Lives Matter message is getting lost in all this hullabaloo and party atmosphere and, and the, the arguments and stuff like that. I, and I, I, I think I, 
um, I, I, I think it's really curious that Black Lives Matter in King County in the state has disassociated themselves with the chop. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they publicly say, we're not part of this, that we're not part of this. And a lot of the, uh, the Andre Taylors of the world, these established black leaders in the city are kind of distancing themselves from what's happening in the chop because it's kind of chaotic. And I think the message is kind of getting lost. It's there, but it's, it's it's white people doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, uh, and you know, you you mentioned again the demographics, and this sort of strikes me as it, it seems very familiar. the The nearest contemporary allegory I can come up with, and and tell me if I'm off base with this, is the the people in Chop that are sort of running this this area that's occupied on on Capitol Hill seem to be a lot like the counterculture movement of, of the 60s you know the people that wanted to live in communes the screw the establishment you know in in the the younger white crowd that has been activated against something that they perceive as an injustice i think there's a portion of that i think there's just so many messages out there it's not i can't i think it'd be unfair as a reporter to characterize the mood is one particular mood. There's so many different voices out there in talking about so many different things. And on that, in that six block area for so many different purposes, whether it be for legit to try and bring about round change, which is, uh, which I believe is needed right now, just from my, what I've experienced here in Seattle to, uh, you know, buying a t-shirt, uh, and taking my grad, I can't tell you how many graduates I've seen out there in their t- cap and gown taking a photo of themselves in front of a boarded up East Precinct. So tell me, is that a, is that a demonstration yeah, there? What is that? A, a party atmosphere. That, you'll I mean, see that all the time during the day. Uh, so it's like Woodstock without the mud. Well, it's a lot of divergent messages, and I don't think I mean Capitol Hill. Um, to its stereotype credit, is a kind of a our own counterculture neighborhood here in Seattle. I mean, it's it's very free flowing. We it's the mayor is right in saying that uh, Capitol Hill has always been an autonomous zone to some it's, uh, to some extent, and it has it, it has its own feel, its own vibe, and I think you're seeing you're seeing that exercise a lot right now in Chop. But at the same time, where's the end game here? I mean, well, and that was going to be my next question. How does this end? Because now that you've the city through abandonment of the East Precinct or however you want to describe it and allowing these protesters to set up this zone, set up their own barricades. And even we saw uh, this week take down some of the barricades the DOT and the fire department put up. How does this end? What's the end game? I. How, does it end with violence? Does the National Guard have to come in and, and move the barriers and move the people out? This doesn't end well, does it? I I I think it's kind of this uh, a face-off right now where we're not throwing punches on either side's not really throwing a punch, but but we're staring each side's staring itself down, and now this institution of these blocks, which they S dot is basically saying that's for traffic to allow traffic to go through. Well, my first perception was, no, this is fortressing up the East Precinct more. I mean, you cannot drive a car into the East Precinct. They said you can't drive a car into the protesters. That's true. But it just, the the blocks are right where the East Precinct is. It's not the entire six-block area. So 
how that move is going to be received by the pro- that's talking that's mm-hmm. what they're talking about right now you know so i think the city is in the all will we'll wait it out mode what's going to happen is the surrounding businesses and residents are fed up and want the city to take action to restore their life as they even knew it during covid somewhat back to normal they they can't drive into these streets right now they can't you can't get police services or a, mm-hmm. a fireman there to to get some rescue aid. I mean, I, I, high priority calls probably, but it's not normal. And that's where those voices are going to start. You're going, I think, you're going to start hearing more of those voices. And that's who I'm. That's who's contacting me right now, saying, "Matt, you're not. You need to report on what we're hearing, and we're even thinking about doing our own little thing on our own block because we want to take back our own block." Yeah. So, is the city, whether it's the mayor, police chief, city council, city as a whole? Do they look weak in this by allowing them to set up and then just staring them down across the barriers? I, I think it's totally who you talk to. You talk to people out there, they're saying, we're finally showing the city what we want. And so they're empowered. And people who say, how could, on the other side, who probably live you know 10 miles away, how could the city allow this to happen? You know, why, they, why do we give up a precinct? Uh, it all depends on how you view. I've, there are some strong views out there that this is the positive thing, a chop. And the age, like you said, is a lot younger people thinking that and saying that out there. And again, they're out there, and that's who I'm dealing with. Um, I, I it, it, it as for an end game, it's it's kind of like oh, we're going to wait and see. I hate this. I, I don't think there's, and I think the frustration about the officers not in the precinct with these triple response calls in East Precinct because that precinct is closed, um, it's all going to just get higher. The tension is going to get a little higher on these levels. And then what's going to give? You know, I hope nothing bad happens out there. Um, I, I really hope nothing bad happens, but I would not be uh, surprised if it did. All right, we'll have to leave it there. Matt Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. And that will do it for this episode of the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Podula. Thank you for listening, and have a good week.